This is episode number 44 of the Fearless Presentations podcast, the fastest, easiest way to eliminate public speaking fear. Absolutely eliminate public speaking fear. This podcast is the answer. Here's the guy who literally wrote the book on fearless presentations, Doug Stannard. Hello and welcome to the Fearless Presentations podcast brought to you by the Leaders Institute and fearlesspresentations.com. I'm your host, Doug Stannard, president of the Leaders Institute, and this is the podcast that helps people just like you get rid of public speaking fear and increase your success by increasing your confidence when you communicate. This is episode number 44, and this is part two of a two-part episode about creating the perfect presentation handout. Now, most often we spend a lot of time focusing on what we're going to say in the presentation. Then we spend a lot of time on our slideshow and our visual aids. And then the day of the presentations arrives and we we realize at that point that we have spent much less time or even no time on the handout for our audience. So last week I showed you three easy ways to make a decent handout without spending a lot of time on them. And this week we're going to cover some nuts and bolts about how to make your handouts just look stunning even if you have absolutely no design experience or technical experience whatsoever. The podcast is brought to you by fearlesspresentations.com. And if you missed our free webinar a couple of weeks ago, have heart. We're planning another one in about three weeks. So stay tuned to the podcast or visit uh, www.fearlesspresentations.com for details. Uh, In addition, we have the two-day Fearless Presentation public speaking class coming up in a number of different cities. In fact, Houston is going to be the last class that we have before we take our summer break. That's going to be coming up in the next week or so. But we have 10 classes coming up in August and September. Those cities are Detroit, Columbus, Atlanta, New York, Nashville, Washington, D.C., Dallas, St. Louis, Los Angeles, and Orlando. So go to fearlesspresentations.com to register for a class because we only allow a maximum of about 10 people per class. And once the class fills up, we have to close registration. So let's get on with today's podcast. Welcome back to the Fearless Presentations podcast. Today's topic is how to make your presentation handouts look more professional without you being a graphic designer or without having to hire a graphic designer. Last week was part one of how to create the perfect presentation handout. In that podcast, I gave you three easy ways to create really helpful handouts to accompany your in-person presentations. And this week, I'm going to show you how to style that presentation handout so that they look much more professional. And and the good news is is that you don't have to have any special graphic design skills and you don't need any special software to make these things look really good. You can make everything that we're going to talk about today with just an internet browser. So, So let's kind of get started real quick. So step number one is you want to create a background for your for your presentation handout. You know, we're going to assume that you already have the content. If you don't have the content for your handout, make sure and listen to last week's episode. But if you already have the content, you just want to make that content look better. And the best way to do that is just to kind of put a background beneath the content in a word processor, or you can actually use the, the software that I'm going to talk about today to actually create the handout itself. But the best way to, that I've found anyway to create a background background for your your handouts is with a a piece of software called Canva, C-A-N-V-A, and that's 
canva.com, C-A-N-V-A.com. And it, this is one of those online resources where the more that you use it, the more you realize you really can't do without it. Um, it it's, it's basically what it is, is it's a graphic design software, and it's similar to Photoshop, but it's really made for the amateur designer. So it's made for folks that don't have a lot of... Um, uh, technical skill or or um, or design skill. It basically it's kind of drag and drop kind of stuff to make it much 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 easier to to use. Now there are a lot of graphic designers that use Canva, but I don't really think that was what it was was really made for. The software the the great thing about this software is that it's really really easy to use, and you can be designing and editing a really professional looking graphic. In just minutes. I mean, it's that easy. The major difference between Canva and Photoshop, though, other than you know being much more easy to, to operate, is that it's loaded with thousands of templates for just about anything that you want to create. So basically, that what Canva was designed to do was to create social media posts and to create headers and footers and things like that for your for your um, Facebook pages and your and your Twitter feeds and and all that kind of stuff. It, it's designed to make um, uh, images for your blog posts and stuff like that. So things that we tend to use a lot in the business world nowadays, but most of us, if we don't have a technical background, really don't have access to that without paying a fortune. So so Canva is kind of filling in that, that space. Um, when I was first introduced to, to Canva, I was I was looking for a way to really create those those eye-catching social media images. And, and in fact, the way that I I got introduced to Canva is that I really wanted to start using Instagram a little better. I mean, my daughter and my son were actually were on Instagram a lot, and and I kind of realized that that was a new, especially right after um, Facebook took them over. I realized that that was going to be a a big player in the social media world, and we just weren't really using it a lot. So, uh, so I wanted to make sure that if I were going to, if I was going to put something on Instagram, that it looked really good and it looked really professional. And so I was introduced to Canva to do that. So, um, the the what when I started, so the the thing about Instagram and some of these other social media platforms is that they're looking for. Um, unique content. You know, they, basically, you can't just put a stock photo on one of these software platforms. It's not going to really work. However, with Canva, what you can do is you can kind of take, you can actually purchase a stock photo so that it looks really good from the start, and then you can put your own verbiage. You can put uh, uh, inspirational quotes, or you can use it as a background, as a as a promotional kind of thing. I can you can actually promote webinars and seminars and stuff like that using using the the using Canva to create those kind of things. So so basically, what and that's what I was really kind of doing. I I um, I, I had before I started using Canva, I had invested in Photoshop. But since I didn't have a whole lot of experience with Photoshop, the software was really frustrating to use. And and basically, I, I was listening to a podcast. It was uh, Michael Stelzner. He's got a podcast called The Social Media Marketing World or something like that. And and they just kind of mentioned in passing the the software Canva. And I was like, I, I don't know what that is. So I kind of looked at it. And, and after about 15 minutes of playing around with this software, I was hooked. And, and in fact, um, most of the images that you see on the Fearless Presentations website, on the Leaders Institute website, on our social media posts, Facebook and Instagram, and, and basically almost all of our social media, uh, on the podcast notes, any of that, uh, all those images that you see that look really nice, most of those were created with Canva to make them really unique and make them different and make them, you know, take something that might 
might be a stock photo and make it really our own so that it, it's more palatable for the for the audience and real eye-catching. Right? So, so you've got two different choices when you decide to create your background. You can either create it from scratch and just start with a with a blank white screen and kind of add stuff that you want, or you can start with a template. Now, because I've been using Canva for a while, most of the time when I'm when I'm creating my backgrounds, I now publish most of them from scratch. But when I first started using the website, I often used the pre-installed pre-installed templates or templates or however you want to say it. If you decide to use a template um, for the the handout background though, you might want to start with the letterhead template. Most of those, the letterhead templates, have a, they've got a white background and they have really nice colored borders around them. So they're kind of ideal for a, for a handout, especially if you're going to be adding a lot of text. Now the great thing about the, the Canvas software is that if you, do, if you find design that you like, you, you basically, all you have to do is, it, you can customize the, the, the colors and the borders and all that kind of stuff very, very easily. So basically, when you find that that template that you like, just click on it. And when you do, it'll show up in your design window, and and when you have that 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 template now in your design window, you can select any of the items on there and change the color or the shape or the size or anything like that. So what, like for instance, if there if there happens to be a a rectangle border, then you just click on that border, and when you do, it's going to show up in the top. I think it's left-handed corner of the of the toolbar. It's going to have a little colored square. When you click that colored square, it will allow you to change the color of that particular item on the on the design, and uh, and you can change it pretty much to any color that you want. So you can put your company's corporate colors in there to make it to make it really branded and and that kind of thing. So it makes it easy. If you de- if you decide to create the background from scratch, then you just click on up in the on the home page on the Canva homepage. There's a little square in the top right hand corner. It's a button. That says use custom dimensions, and if you click on that button and just enter 8.5 by 11 inches, then you'll start with a blank white page that's that's paper size, and um, and then you can quickly add the shapes, the colors, the images, the icons. You can add that kind of stuff at will. In fact, you're only limited by your creativity. And now, when I create a, a, a custom template or background, I usually use either one of two two techniques anyway. I'll either use a custom border, kind of like with the with the letterhead templates, or I'll use what I call a half page image, where basically what's happening is you've got a full page, but half of the page or a little less than half of the page is basically just a really nice image that has a header at the top or a, or a, a headline at the top. And those, those typically make the handouts look really professional and look really, really good. So on the custom border type, if you have a lot of text or like the re- where I use this is when I have a lot of text in my handout. So I'm going to be handing out most of the time. This is what I'll use when I have a multiple sheet handout. So if I have three or four pages that I'm going to hand out as a to the, to my participants, then I'm most likely going to use the um, the, the custom border effect. Um, the the uh, this is also really good if I'm using the technique that we talked about on the last podcast, where I'm ha- I'm leaving space for my participants to to take notes, and um, it it, mis- it just makes it a whole lot easier because you're you're able to use most of the space on the page to put your content in, and it still looks pretty. So um, most often for branding purposes, I'm going to make my border 
backgrounds look just like my website. So um, especially if I'm making a handout that the participants can download from my website, the important thing about this style is to, to make the border really simple. A lot of times folks want to put a lab, you know, an elaborate shapes and colors and images and all kinds of stuff like that. More often than not, though, just a couple of different different shapes like a, a triangle and a rectangle typically work really well as a, as a especially if they're different colors as your border. And it, it makes it look pretty and look real professional. So if you if you if you look at the podcast notes, I've given an example of one of these, and all you have to do is just go to the podcast notes and, and click on the link to our website. It's uh, fearlesspresentations.com, and this is uh, this is podcast number forty four. So if you go to fearlesspresentations.com slash four four, it'll take you right to the the. Um, the, the show show notes and in that there are some images where you can kind of see what I'm talking about here and um, the if you if you're on the website one of the neat things that you can do is you can kind of look at how nice that image looks and then you can hit the the uh, previous um, uh, podcast the one that we did last week and which are which would be at uh, fearless presentation slash 43 and you can kind of see what the one that we did last week looks like which is good I mean it's a it's a nice content but it's not really styled very well it's not really pretty so it's got the content on it but it doesn't look as pretty so basically what I did was I took that same handout that I used in last week's episode and then I rebranded it or made it look prettier with with Canva and it's a it's a really nice looking addition to the to the handout. Now the other type of handout you can do is what I call the half page half page um, background or the half page image background. If my handout needs to be really eye catching and and I can limit my content then I'll use a much larger image. And most often I'm gonna I'm gonna go use a, a really good looking stock photo that I can edit with Canva if I want to. But it, it's gonna be a, a nice stock photo or I'm gonna use a an image of that was taken at maybe one of my classes or something that is that one that looks really professional though. I mean I'm not going to use most of the time I'm not going to use something just off of my iPhone as the image here. I'm gonna I'm gonna use something that's a little bit more professional looking. And um, but the neat thing about this is that it, it looks so nice that that most people will kind of keep it. It's it's pretty. It looks like a brochure more than a handout. So it's one of those things that people are more likely to kind of take care of versus just kind of tossing it. If it's if you've got you know just a bunch of text photocopied onto a piece of paper, most likely as soon as they leave your your seminar or your presentation, they're going to toss it. But if you put the image on there, it makes it look a little, a little nicer, so they'll, they'll keep it. Um, in fact, the handout that I made for last week's podcast, if you go to uh, fearlesspresentations.com slash 43, uh, at the very end of that that podcast note, it's got a link to the ha- to the handout for that podcast. And, that's, and this, this is a technique that I use. Now, um, I know what a lot of you are probably thinking right now. Um, I'm less of a photographer <laughs> than I am a graphic designer, Doug. You know, I'm not a really good graphic designer, but I'm even less of a photographer. So uh, my photos just really aren't good enough to have them take up half of the page of my handout. And if you're thinking about this, then you're in the same boat as I am. Uh, my saving grace is the next real secret to creating to creating these uh, these really professional looking podcasts, and it's a uh, a a, a uh, photo software called Shutterstock. So this is a stock photo website, 
And the neat thing about Shutterstock, and and by the way, there's a ton of stock photo companies out on the out on the web. I mean, you can find just about any any uh, an unlimited number. Uh, in fact, most photographers that have been around a while will actually sell their own photos as stock photos, and and so there. I mean, there's they're plentiful plentiful. Uh, the reason that I like Shutterstock though is that. This service is, it's very economical, right? I don't have a huge budget for photographs and I don't want to pay a ton of money for the photos that I'm going to use. And I want to be able to use them over and over again and in different formats, you know? So if I get a really nice photo, I don't want to be limited to the places that I can, that I can kind of show that photo, if I'm, especially if I'm paying my good money to, to do, to get that photo, right? Um, the, I was... In the past, I, I was using the stock images for my social media and blog posts, and um, and when I had when I was doing when I was using Shutterstock a lot, then I would just get on their monthly plan. And their monthly plan, I think it was, I think you could download like fifty different images every single month for like under a hundred bucks. So so fairly economical. Uh, right now, I have a different plan with them because I don't download as many many images as what I used to. And with the plan that I have now, you can purchase basically five images for like $49. So they're like a little less than $10 per image. But it's a, you have a whole year to kind of choose the images that you want. And you can download them anytime. Now, the neat thing about Shutterstock as well is that even if you're even if you have a subscription plan and you stop using that subscription plan you can go back into your account and you can download any of the images that you purchase so there are still I've still got images that I purchased five years ago that are in my account that I can go and re-download if I want to kind of use them again in a different format so which is really important by the way because a lot of times what I'll do is I'll download the photograph and then I'll alter it right away. <laughs> and so, what if I, I don't have the original anymore because on my hard drive I've kind of taken the photograph that I've downloaded and, and altered it. And so, if sometime in the future I want to use a similar image or use that image again but in a different format, it's easy for me to kind of go back into my account and re-download it. So again, I, the Shutterstock is is really really effective um, for that. Um, if you compare this to other types of photo stock software out there like like for instance get getty is the huge one getty images is the really really big image purchasing software or, or company anyway and i remember you know buying a single image from getty back in the i don't know it might have been the late 90s maybe early 2000s and i think it cost me like 500 bucks and i can only use it in one place i can only use it on a printed document. I couldn't put it on the web or anything. And so there were a lot of limitations and it was a ton of money. So Shutterstock is, is actually pretty helpful if you if you want to get really good photographs on a, on a budget. Now Shutterstock actually has a built-in editor for the photographs, you know, so so once you purchase that that image it will it will ask you if you want to open up their editor and I, I gotta be honest, I, as much as I love Shutterstock for for photographs, their editor is just not very easy to, to use. I, I have a really, really difficult time using that in an effective way. So what I do instead is I'll just download that image to my hard drive and then I'll re-upload it back to Canva and then it lets, it lets me easily ad um, adapt that image to whatever purpose that I want to do. So if I want to put a filter on it, if I want to make it black and white or grayscale or whatever, I can do that. If I want to um, add text 
to the to the front of it if I want to add a border or make it look pretty or whatever. I mean, there's there's all kinds of stuff that you can do with those images. And in fact, if you look at the very top, if you go to the uh, the, the show notes for this podcast, if you go to the very top, you'll see how I've taken about three or four different images from from Shutterstock and used Canva to make them into a header for or a, a, a an image anyway for this podcast. And and so you can use text on top of an image that's in a, a border with another image and, and you can do all kinds of really cool stuff. So it makes it Canva is Canva and Shutterstock together can be really, really helpful. If you're not technical, here's a tip that will kind of help after your after downloading your background. So basically you've got this really nice elaborate background in uh, Canva that you've now created. You've put your image in. It looks pretty. You've got your borders and you like you, you've got it looking perfect. You know, you know exactly it looks just beautiful. And now you now what the heck do I do with it? Right? Well there are a couple of things that you can do. Number one, you can actually just use Canva to create your handout because it allows you to add text into the background. So basically you've got a big white space. You can just paste your text into that, which is basically what I did if you if you if you're looking at the show notes, if you scroll up to the very first image uh, where with the custom border, all I did was I went to Canva and I just pasted in my text from the handout into that custom border, and and so it's really easy. If you want to be able to use that background over and over and over again, which is what a lot of us will like to do, a lot of us will will. Um, want to kind of create the background and then put it into like a Microsoft Word document or a, a Google Doc or something like that. That way you can come back over and over and just replace your text and you can use the same branded handout over and over and over again with different content in it. So if that's the case, if you want to do that, then then to download your background from Canva, there's a little button at the very top that just says download. And you click the download button, select the PNG, which is the image file, and an image will be saved into your computer download folder. Now, so basically at, at that point, you open up Microsoft Word or Google Docs or whatever, whatever uh, document creation software that you're using, and you insert that PNG that you've created. Now, when you when you insert it into like Microsoft Word, for instance, it's going to show up small in the in the center. So basically, all you have to do is expand it. Remember that the image is eight and a half by eleven. So um, when you create it to the, you can drag it to go to the full size of your of your of your page. And when you do that, it'll look perfect because it was actually created in that size. The um, but there are a few technical things that. Can be helpful though when you so basically once you click on that image you just drag the corners to make it fill in the space and and then in the top toolbar you're going to see if you've clicked on that image you'll see especially in Microsoft Word you'll see a, a new option open up it'll say format and when you click the format button it will allow you to alter that that image a little bit so. The um, a, a, when you hit format, a new option is going to open up that says um, that says wrap text, and when you click on that, you can select the wrap text and send it behind the text. So basically, it makes it to where now it's putting that image at the, in the lowest part of the content on that page, so that when you start to type, it'll type over the image. So basically, your image isn't covering up your text. And then uh, and then one little trick that that kind of helps because if that's all you do, you'll probably be fine. But when you start typing, sometimes it'll move the, the image down and kind of move it off to the side and it does it won't look exactly right. So basically if you just click the text one more time and right click it, a new option will pop up in your in your window. It'll say, I think it's called size and position. And you select the position tab 
deselect the option where it says move object with text. <laughs> That's the most important thing because at that point, then the image will stay there. So you type and it will stay there. And then you can also click the one that says anchor position so it doesn't move. And uh, and basically by doing that, now you're free to type anything on top of the uh, on top of the image, and you can move all your your text and and anything else that you add in, any additional images, any of that kind of stuff, will just kind of float on top of the 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 background image that you have. So you don't really necessarily have to go into your to your um, layouts and change the background or upload that image as a background. And by the way, the reason I don't do that a lot is because a lot of times when you try to print it, when you try to print the document, if you have that as a background, sometimes the background won't print right. And so uh, I just use it as a as a as an image, and it works really really well that well. So these little technical tricks will 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 kind of keep the image from kind of pushing off to the sides and and doing some really strange things. If you need to create a second page for your handout, it's it's real easy. Basically, all you have to do is just click anywhere on that image. To, to where it selects the image as the background the background image anyway and then hit copy and then when you add a new page just hit paste and and all of the technical stuff that you've done is already is already done on that second page as well so you can just start typing so really really easy and voila you've got a professional handout without any technical experience or any graphic design skills needed so thanks I got a lot for being a part of the fearless presentations podcast come back next week because we'll help cover some brand new topics. Subscribe to this podcast for new public speaking secrets each week.